So for the month of June, we decided to do this little challenge where you pay attention to your behaviors and habits and kind of take notes on them and try to figure out what are some things that you repeatedly do um, and try to figure out why you do them, right? Yeah, that's, that's pretty correct. much what we did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're going to talk about what we found out during that exciting month <laughs> of behavior analysis. Well, yeah, so the kind of spoilers that didn't go super well, I think for either of us or really anyone except maybe one or two people in the community, um, it just fell a little bit flat and I had a hard time sticking with it, which is kind of funny that our observe your habits challenge involved creating a new habit that we all failed to do uh and that by itself i think is interesting and i think it mostly comes down to the challenge being kind of stupid but we can get to that because <laughs> actually i i did make some observations even though it 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 did fizzle out a bit i did discover some things that actually were pretty interesting um and hopefully you got something out of it as well. Yeah, well, I started off um, and I, I jotted down some notes and paid attention to some stuff. And I was like, oh, this is going to be cool. I'm going to learn a lot. And then I just kind of fell off and didn't really do it. I, I have <laughs> one reason was that I, I think it just wasn't it wasn't very specific. It wasn't um, very clear cut. We're just like, OK, observe your habits and behavior and then right. see you in a month. <laughs> Uh, and so you can't leave me a loophole like that for for the challenge where we wake up at the same time every day. That was very specific. Yeah. And you, you can't screw that up. So yeah. I could do that one for this one. It's just it was too nebulous. So I kind of fell off. But I did find a couple little things that actually have have stuck with me that I think are kind of interesting. Um, OK, let's yeah. let's we can talk about why it failed, but. Let's start with that because there was some value in it for me too. So let's just start with that. Like, what did you find out? Let's just kind of act like it wasn't a bomb. Start from there and then we can get into what's wrong with the whole design of habits and just the philosophy behind habits in general. What did you find out? Okay. Well, I, I wanted to see, well, first I just wanted to find some things that I, I do when you say habits, I don't know. I guess I don't really know the exact definition oh. of a habit, but... Let's um, not worry about that. Behaviors, repetitive things, any whatever. Just define it as loosely as you like for, for this. Right. Okay, so the, here was a, a, a couple things. Um, one is I was doing pull-ups every morning, right? And that was a thing that I was sort of trying to make into a habit, Mm -hmm. And I had been doing that for a couple months. So I was doing pull-ups every morning. And then I used breakfast as one, right? And then um, just sitting at my computer, okay? So let, let's take the, the pull-ups. In the morning, the, the goal with the pull-ups was to do them every morning, right? And I tried to connect that to, um, to breakfast. This is more interesting than it sounds. Um, Okay, that's true so, of everything we talk about. It's more interesting now, <laughs> than it sounds to everyone else. Yeah. So the the plan was initially is to do them uh, 
you know, right before I eat breakfast. So I make my breakfast and then I do the pull-ups and then I eat my breakfast. But what started happening was I would eat the breakfast and then not do the pull-ups. And they're like, oh crap, I'm supposed to do the pull-ups and then I wouldn't do them. And then right before I had to go to work, I'd run back inside and do the pull-ups or something. And I realized that I, like I was, I was looking for the cue that made me finally actually do them. And I realized that it wasn't, it wasn't anything really concrete. It was this feeling of guilt. Like it was this, it was a bad feeling that caused yeah. me to, to do them. And it was like this every single day. I mean, sometimes that, that guilt would kick in before I, you know, ate breakfast or whatever. It wasn't always right before I left for the day. But what I realized is the thing that finally got me to do the pull-ups was not this, oh, I want to be a big strong man or, oh, I want to be healthy today. It was, oh, I feel guilty about not doing them. I guess I'll just do the stupid pull-ups. Like it was always triggered by this bad feeling. Yeah. So that was one thing that I noticed, which I just thought was interesting because when you think about, I don't know, fitness related things, you don't usually think of them as being kicked off by some sort of negative feeling. But we'll set that aside. Okay, so another interesting one that I found was that you ever have those days where you plan on doing a whole bunch of stuff? Um, so you get up and you're all excited for the day. And then, I don't know, eight hours have gone by and you realize that all you've done is watch a bunch of YouTube videos and wasted your life on the internet. Whatever. That has happened to me <laughs> once or twice. Right. So... I I had one of those days. It wasn't quite eight hours, but you know, it was this long stretch of time where I'm like, oh God, I watched too much YouTube. I can't do that again. And um and I think that's what most people would do. Is they they think, okay, I watched too much YouTube or too much TV or whatever. I shouldn't watch YouTube again. Or I shouldn't watch YouTube or <laughs> shouldn't watch TV. I, I shouldn't do that thing as much anymore. Like that's the conclusion that we all come to. Yeah. But I started I started noticing that the thing that got me into that was when when I walk into my office, I immediately, just without even thinking, it's just a habit, I walk straight to my computer and click the mouse and wake it up. <laughs> like it's just it's just the thing that I do without even That's, thinking. That exact thing is on here too. Okay, good. That, because th this was a big one for me, even though it doesn't sound like much. Uh, so... You know, you click on the mouse and then with, I mean, really, without any conscious thought, you click on something, click on something else. Before you know it, you're, you are hours down the road. And I realized it's sort of this, it's like when, uh, I don't know, like if you have a river and it starts branching off. Like if you cut it off right then, all you got to do is like, I don't know, put a big stick in the way or something. And it, you know, it blocks the, the flow of water right back into the mainstream. But if you let it, kind of get out of control it makes like a second river and like if you want to change things then you have to build a dam and like uh yeah. reroute the stream and like you got to do all kinds of work and it's it's very difficult but if you cut it off right at the beginning you're hardly doing anything so i made a couple changes to my my office where you know now my desk is on default standing desk i moved my chair uh, to my drawing desk and I just tried to set it up now I'm shutting my computer off in the morning so I have to boot it up you know so I just change things around a bit to where I don't go straight to it I, I go somewhere else first so that was a big one for me oh that's but. so that's so funny because of the whole month out of every behavior 
that we could have observed and we live very different lives and all that stuff. That exact thing, literally that of me walking into the office, hitting the left shift button on the keyboard, because that's just for whatever reason, always the button that I hit to wake it up, waking up my computer and then just starting to engage with whatever is there. That was like the number one thing that I observed that was disrupting my behavior and just the general pattern of every day was that exactly that. And the changes that I made were um, one, I made my computer go to sleep a lot faster so that I wouldn't see things as much, which isn't quite the same problem, but it was related in that I just, if I, if I saw my computer screen, like a notification popped up, I would engage with it. So like I have the computer go to sleep. I have my second monitor off by default now. So I have to intentionally turn it on. And then when the computer goes back to sleep, it leaves the second monitor off because I would be working and I would just constantly see stuff on the second monitor of notifications and you know other things. Pretty much by definition, I want to do one thing at a time. So having two monitors totally violates that. Um, and then same thing, like I've been shutting the computer down. I've been like adding a, a password lock to where if I need to open it, it takes a little bit longer and all of that stuff, exact same thing. Because the computer was just this radiating source of that distraction and, you know, the same problem as a phone in some sense. But yeah, that was top well, of my list. I also, because we've been keeping our phone in one place, you know, well, mm -hmm. are, you're still doing that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, um, lucky me, I dropped my phone for the hundred thousandth time. And so it's... <laughs> The holding the phone is like holding just a handful of glass. It's so shattered and busted and awful. And this last time when I dropped it, it uh something in the LCD broke. So there's this giant bright green stripe on one side where just the pixels are lit up like a beacon. So you like it's such a busted phone at this point that it's awful to even use, which. I mean, I paid, I don't know how much I paid for the phone, but it was a lot. It's this very valuable item. And it's very funny to me that the more damaged it gets, the better my life becomes. Because that <laughs> device is mostly a negative on my behavior and my anxiety levels and everything. That like the the worse the phone gets, the happier I become. Uh, anyway, to answer your question, yeah, I, I don't I don't mess with my phone anymore. Yeah. Well, uh, the worse that gets, the happier life becomes. That's sad. It's true, though. Yep. Yep, uh, it is. But, yeah, so I've been keeping my phone in my office as well. So when I go into my office, I do one of two things. I click on the computer or I check my phone. So I'm trying to, like, even with, you know, I'll spend the rest of the day without my phone. And mm -hmm. I that is going great. But still, when I come into my office, it's like yeah. one or the other without even thinking. Um. A couple hours ago, my power shut off because there was this big storm. Power went off, and it's totally dark in my house. Or almost totally dark. And every room I walk into, I try to flip on the light. <laughs> and I know that the power's off. But, you know, I'll flip on the light, realize that it doesn't work because the power's off. I'll walk into the next room two seconds later, mm -hmm. try to flip on the light again. And then I'll stand there and be like, God, I'm such an idiot. And then I look over, and my hand is flipping on the light again. Like, it's just... I have been trained to to have this habit of when it's dark and I can't see, you just flip on the light. Like that's just what you do. Yeah. And it is to that level of like 
subconsciousness that that turning on the computer or checking my phone has become. It's that same level of just no conscious thought. Just do it, yeah. you know? And it can lead you, not the light switching, although it could up your power bill. Uh, but with the computer or the phone, it can send you down this very bad path. So yeah. that was that was one of the biggest uh, reoccurring behaviors that I noticed. Oh, but cool. but okay, let me try to make this point. So I started, I was paying attention to what caused these behaviors or what caused these habits. Like for the pull-ups, it was this weird guilt feeling. Like yeah. it, it wasn't based on a time. It wasn't based on anything else. It was just based on a guilt feeling. For the computer or, or the phone, it was based on me just walking into the room. Because it's in my, you know, it's in proximity, I just do it. Like that, that's what, that's the habit that I've developed. Just this, when I'm in this room, I just click this thing, whatever. Um, but then I also noticed uh, breakfast, like for breakfast, like I'll get up early, work and, and do stuff and drink my coffee, whatever. Yeah. And then I don't eat breakfast for, you know, two hours or something. And I only do it when I start getting hungry. Like when I get too hungry, then I just go make breakfast. So for that, the cue is hunger. It's not a specific time. It's not. I don't know. So I don't know. There's just all these different little feelings or like some of them are, I'm sure there's like a great master category list of all the things that, that cause habits. But for me, there was, you know, like a, a, a time thing. Um, or like, you know, when I wake up, there's a specific time alarm goes off, then I wake up and, you know, there's a specific time I have to be at work. So specific time of the day is one. A feeling like the guilt for the, right. the pull-ups is one. Right. Um, environmental, like where you walk into your room would be another one. I don't know. There's just a bunch of different categories of triggers for behaviors. Did you start noticing that? Yeah. So okay. one of the things that I I try to come up with a name for this. So while you're talking about the, the guilt thing is is what I would call a reverse cue here's an example so uh, one of the things that i was well still am doing but was doing previously this this past month was trying to create kind of this new habit around uh not eating after 8 p.m i i wanted to do i've done like intermittent fasting pretty consistently for a long time but i, I wanted to tighten that up I, I listened to some podcast that talked about how the eight hour eating window is really good and just got me kind of more excited about that again it's like, okay, I want to tighten it up. I want to make sure I'm eating from 12 to 8. And so I would have this, you know, alarm set or reminder, whatever, at 8. Like, okay, no more eating. And then after a little while, after kind of observing that, what would usually happen is I would, it would be 8. and be like, ah, I haven't eaten a meal in a while. Like, I'm super hungry. I got to eat. And I would eat past 8. And I'd go, I messed up. I failed. But after thinking about it for a little while, I realized that that's so stupid. Because time goes forwards, not backwards. When the reminder goes off, it's too late. You know, eight o'clock is when I should have already done something. So it's stupid to, you know, have a reminder or, you know, just thinking in those terms was completely wrong because that's just, that's stupid. I can't go back in time and eat a meal. What I can do is say, okay, at 7.15, that's when I eat my last meal. You know, so 7.15, oh, now's the time. That cues me to go 
you know, eat the meal or prepare whatever I need, eat it, and then I'm done. And then I'm I'm not worried about the exact minute I'm done eating. That solves the problem for me. But same thing there. If if your cue for doing pull-ups was eating breakfast, but you're supposed to do pull-ups before you eat breakfast, that like the time arrow goes this way. You can't be eating breakfast and go, oh, I should have did pull-ups already. So it's just a bad cue. It doesn't make sense. It's backwards. So what mm-hmm. you and, and what it what happens is exactly what you said, which is you wind up with this feeling of, oh, I missed it. I feel bad. I feel guilty. And then that triggers you to do it. But really, you've created a system of breakfast guilt pull-ups. And for me, it was, you know, eight o'clock reminder, guilt, eat, too late. And, and like it's literally a, a very simple formula for failing that habit every single time. Or, or doing it in a way that's not what you wanted. So that's what I would call the reverse cue. And it sounds like when you lay it out, you're like, wow, that's super obvious and dumb, hardly worth bringing up. But at the same time, I messed that up for tons of things. Just was a mistake I kept making. And I, I think it's actually a really common thing that we don't think about. Well, hold on. You're saying that you messed it up, that it's a mistake. But... That's only if you're looking at, at habits as being like, like a habit must be easy in order for it to last, right? Like if yeah. that's what you're judging it by, then yeah, you made a mistake. But is that, is that common knowledge? <laughs> because when I think of habits and, you know, you hear about, I don't know, buzzword habit making, whatever. Yeah. It's like you need to develop willpower in order to you know, create a habit and and do this super hard thing every single day for the rest of your life. You know, I don't think it's common knowledge that habits need to be easy. And even if it is common knowledge, it's really hard. It's hard to make it easy. Uh, You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's just, let's talk about that. Um, Because that's, that's what really, that's what I was really reflecting on this past month. Um, Part of that was, again, the fact that the habit challenge itself was poorly designed. Here's what's funny. So we we set out this challenge of, okay, observe your habits for the month. And that challenge was badly designed for lots of reasons. And for everyone who tried it, me included, you know, I'm halfway through the month and I'm thinking, oh, I've hardly done this at all. I suck. I'm bad at stuff and doing things and I didn't hardly do this challenge. And I'm just entirely blaming myself, which of course you should do because one of our core principles is that everything is your fault. But I blamed myself in the wrong way, which was, oh, my willpower is bad. I'm a procrastinator whatever. And what didn't really occur to me until the end was, oh, this challenge is stupid. It's totally nonspecific. There's no no cue and and action involved at all it's just oh do this sometime during the month there's no there's nothing concrete about it if it had been you know find five habits that you do and figure out their cue right now that could have been much easier but the fact that you didn't know an ending point and this goes for any habit that you're doing if you don't know the ending point or or what you're supposed to actually do, you can't right. succeed at it. And no matter right. what you do, you're a failure. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there's so many ways that this was stupid. One of them was that it was 
one of the things that we said, uh, I said actually, was, oh, this this probably won't take you all month. So just, you know, do it until you're you're satisfied or whatever, right? So that's extra dumb for a couple of reasons. What I notice when I attempt to start a new habit and uh, we, everyone does this, or certainly me, we do this all the time, constantly. We see something that we like or we're excited about. You listen to a podcast on intermittent fasting and how wonderful it is or almost anything nutrition related leads you to think, I want to do this new habit or fitness or with work or anything. We're constantly getting excited about something and saying, I'm going to do this new thing. For me, again, it was this intermittent fasting, right? So you pretty much every time you get excited, that's kind of what convinces you to, to do this thing in the first place. And so you get this, this bit of an arc of the novelty phase, right? Where you're excited about it. And when you're excited about it, that's just what you're thinking about. Now, you've been promised all these things of, oh, there was this mouse study and the mice live for way longer and it's so good. And, you know, people are like getting so healthy on intermittent fasting. It's a miracle, right? You get, you, you collect all this hype and all this stuff that makes you really want to do it. And so that, that kind of spikes your motivation. You're really excited about it. And that means that you're thinking about it all the time. So for me, those first few days, it's seven o'clock and I'm like, oh, I got to go eat because I'm going to do intermittent fasting and I got to get my eating window. But that's stupid in the long term because it only works during the novelty phase when you're excited about it. The thing that triggered me to do it was me just being excited and hyped up on this stuff, right? So pretty much by definition, that will not last. That is, that can't be sustainable because all I'm doing is establishing this response to a behavior that's super temporary. Like I know in two weeks, I'm not going to be thinking about this anymore. I'm not going to be listening to podcasts on intermittent fasting and I'll be on to something else. So I'm like building habits around this thing that's going to go away guaranteed, this novelty excitement thing. So there's the novelty phase, which is what we tend to try and build behaviors around, which again is by definition stupid because it's going to go away. Uh, The way we should think about it is to think about, well, okay, you you said that you need a a goal or an, an ending point, right? So I could not agree more. If you're trying to install a new behavior, then you have to think about what it's going to be in the long term. And the only reasonable goal for most things is a completely unconscious habit that you don't even realize you have anymore. That's the, as I mean, not everything quite can be that, you know, if you're trying to go for a run every morning, then you're, you're never going to forget that you did it, but you want to get as close to that as you can, because if you're still thinking about it and having to dedicate all this mental energy to this new behavior, then what happens when the novelty phase begins for something else or you're you're concerned with other things in your life or you're just you can only fit so many things that occupy your mind space you know if you're super excited so it has to be something unconscious so okay all that to say this whatever the plan is you have to account for that in that you're going to have your excited novelty phase and your goal is to create something that just disappears into the background of your life by the time that novelty phase is over. 
because that's how it's sustainable. Okay. There's a novelty phase for every habit. I really like that because that's exactly what I go through every time I try to start something new. And I've started... Well, okay, it seems like people get really excited, me included. People get really excited about a new habit or, you know, take the intermittent, inter, <laughs> intermittent fasting. Had a little too much wine. Uh, take the okay. fasting, for example. Yeah. You're all excited about it because you just listened to the podcast. And while listen to, listening to the podcast, you can remember everything they said about all the good reasons why you should fast. And you can keep those in your head. You're thinking, oh, well, the mice live longer. I want to live longer. And it's really good for this and whatever. Science. Yeah. Bunch yeah. of reasons why it's so great to, to fast. Um, but as the novelty phase fades away, you forget those reasons. I mean, they're just, they're gone. They're out of your mind. You're not really thinking about it. You, you remember that it's very good for you. But you don't totally remember exactly why, necessarily. And I, I think what, what happens is that we forget the reasons why we're supposed to have these habits in the first place, or why we want them in the first place. So as time moves on, the, the novelty fades, of course, but also the reasons to keep them fade. And you end up with this hollow thing that you just do, yeah. and then you reconsider and think, oh, yeah, it's not that important to do this. I'll do this other new thing. Right. So you just lose it. So I I think this whole, I don't know, obsession with habits kind of annoys me because it, it seems like people just want to start a habit to start a habit. They're like, I want to be healthy all the time. So I, I need habits. I need to collect some habits. Uh, yeah. That'll make me healthy. Um, but they they forget about the reasons why we actually need them in the first place, I guess. Well, I mean, do you, what, what's your solution to that? Or I think if, when we think about habits, we typically think of them as just being this thing that we do either every day or every few days forever, just indefinitely. Yeah. Right. We don't typically think of an end goal for them. And I think if you look at athletes, um, if you look at, I don't know, people who are just really good at stuff, the habits they make, even if they're very long-term, they're typically for a specific either event or, or reason. Take you with powerlifting. I don't know anything about powerlifting. Um, yeah, you do. It's pretty simple. You lift stuff. But you have specific numbers that you want to hit by a specific date, right? Yeah. So you create all of these habits to make sure that you hit those numbers on that date, right? And then once you hit those numbers on that date, you make another plan to hit yeah. that specific thing in a very specific date in the future, right? Yeah. So it's not this indefinite, forever expanding habit that you just do because it's good. You do it to hit an achievable goal. And for for these, like this quest that we're both doing, I'm doing my art stuff, you're doing your programming stuff. Mm -hmm. There's very specific things that we want to do. And in order to do those things, you have to have a consistent habit. But it's not just an indefinite habit. Um, if, you, if you just try to 
practice guitar every day indefinitely forever to just be good at guitar it doesn't really work like you you forget about the reasons because there never was a clear reason to begin with mm -hmm. I, I think you'll find if anything is successful it's because there's a specific specific event or specific reason included in it in the future okay so i li i like that there part of me disagrees a little bit in that you know i created a habit to brush my teeth every night so that they don't okay yeah, disgusting kind of... or whatever right i mean there's there are some habits that you're just think i want to do this forever like the intermittent but... fasting my plan is to do that indefinitely i don't know if that's a good plan but i do think there are some habits where that that is at least your intention at the start of okay well I'll do this forever for the brushing your teeth thing the the plan or the reason doesn't have to be this far off event thing like you're not brushing your teeth every night to you know for the teeth brushing competition um, right that <laughs> you have a reason for it that day or that night or or that morning um so the reason comes back every day i don't know no, I, okay um, i i know what you mean and i agree that oftentimes during the novelty phase you get excited about something and you basically maybe not in explicit terms but you think to yourself more or less cool i'm going to do this for the rest of my life and it works for the week or so that you're in the novelty phase and then again you build you create this habit structure around something that's completely ephemeral and is going to be gone which is very stupid and then it's gone and then you're off of that and pretty often that leads into these guilt cycles where you feel like oh i fell off the wagon again or i was going to do this diet and now i didn't or whatever so i agree i think that at least in the sense that trying to define the the scope and duration and all of those things around a habit is pretty important even if it's if you want to start doing something physical to say be healthier you know that's a that's a long-term goal but if you define a year or six months of okay i'm gonna start and do this running program for six months and then i want to see where i'm at that's actually that's one way more concrete so you can say okay six months this is this is my goal this is what i'm gonna do and you can measure what happened like is my resting heart rate getting lower is my body weight dropping if that's something you want or whatever like you can make that kind of evaluation and then go okay you know what maybe this running program isn't really what i'm after or maybe i would rather be doing some kind of lifting or whatever it is uh or maybe the health improvements that i want are more related to diet and things but by defining it that way it gives you this great opportunity to make the evaluation and then if you want to do something else you can slot it into that same habit area where you aren't having to create a new behavior out of nowhere. You could say, okay, I'm going to move this one out and move a new behavior in. But that seems a lot easier than just going through those cycles of, oh, I'm not really running anymore. I feel bad. I'm a failure. You know, that That's just typically what we do. Right. I, I think that's what I'm saying. It's just... I don't know. I, I've always done better if I have like a specific goal that that yeah. habit actually is is working towards instead of just I want to do this every day forever. Right. You know. My biggest thing that I've taken away from this 
in terms of habits, right? At least, uh, like, I've been trying to kind of define habits a little bit and create this formula in my head for if I want a new behavior, what is what is the recipe for that? What do I need to do to make it very likely that I can establish this new behavior? And I think there's a few steps to that. One... Wait, before you give real reasons, I asked my friend, because I was thinking about this stuff, and I said... I said, what do you think it takes to to make a successful habit? <laughs> they said, consistency. And I said, okay, so <laughs> what do you think it takes? Answer. What do you think it takes to be consistent? And they said, consistency. <laughs> and I was like, God, humanity's screwed. But okay, go ahead. Yeah. With your Yeah. Um, I just because I well, I have a better idea now, but I think I don't know. That's just sort of how it's always been. It's like, well, do it every day if you want to get good at it. Okay, well, how do you do it every day? I don't know. Just be consistent. How do you be consistent? Just have willpower. Well, how do you have willpower? I don't know. Just be stronger. It's like it's like that thing where they, they teach you in elementary school that you can't define a word with the same word. That's just that's not allowed. Right. Yeah, the definition <laughs> of each word is just the other word. Right. Like, oh, a habit is just doing something consistently. Well, how do you... Well, yeah. Okay, but you're about to answer it all for us, right? So, well, okay, no, but I'll give you my best take. I would think of it this way. How do you create the highest chance of success that you can for a new behavior? Because it's, it's freaking hard. I mean, the, if you actually observe the number of times that you try to create a new behavior and you fail, it's astonishingly high it's terrifying to even think about how often you fail at this very very frequent common thing and again i don't think we have there are some uh some instructions i think atomic habits was a good book and there's there's some other things but there's not a whole lot on it okay first you get excited about the thing i think you you want some motivation that's what gets you to want to do this new thing in the first place right and actually uh one thing i'll do is you know every every so often i'll I'll sort of take a pass at like health related stuff or wanting to get into a new workout routine or diet or something like that and usually the way i start that is i will just find some videos or podcasts or anything that are just talking about these things and listen to people just talk about them and often enough it's stuff that i already know already heard about they're referencing studies that i've already read it's it's not really even new information sometimes but it's it's just this environment of people talking about this thing and it it kind of gives me that excitement thing of oh yeah this is cool kind of like you said where you forget all the reasons that you were going to do something or why it was so great but if you kind of put yourself back in that mindset of oh yeah eating well is really awesome and it does all these great things for you then you just kind of build up that hype again even if it's not new information actually i think that's most of what people are doing on youtube it's not teaching you new stuff you've never heard before it's just letting you listen to somebody be excited about this thing so that's the first phase is like build up the novelty phase like embrace that you should be excited you know motivation is good like get excited about it and you create for yourself this this little window, which I think is usually around a week or two. Kind of depends on the thing, but it's somewhere in that neighborhood where you're excited 
you're thinking about it a lot. So you've got like this, you know, when I was first getting excited about intermittent fasting or, you know, this, this time around last month, it wasn't hard. It was actually the only thing I wanted to do, you know, at, at seven o'clock. It's like, oh yeah, okay. Got to do it. Intermittent fasting. This is going to be so great. I'm going to be so healthy and fit and stuff. You know, it's like, it's, it's not a difficult task. It's like a rewarding, exciting task. Cause that's the thing I'm thinking about. So during that phase, the thing will be really easy, but the th doing the thing is not your goal. You know, who cares if I eat inside of an eight hour eating window for a few days, the impact on my life is roughly zero. Just that, that is not the objective there at all. The objective during the novelty phase is to figure out how I can create this habit in a long-term way. Like that's the only reasonable goal. And again, the, the, the objectives for, is for this habit to just disappear into my life in a way that is almost invisible where just, Oh yeah, I, I don't eat, you know, before this time and after this time. And I've just, I've always done that. And I don't even think about it anymore. That's the goal. So step one, create the novelty phase, you know, build up the motivation, just put yourself in that environment where you're excited. And I, I would even say that if, I think if, if you aren't excited about something, maybe that's just not the time to, to work on it. Okay, I really think you need that novelty phase a little bit. You know, if you're just not in the mind space to be thinking about diet, then maybe that's just not the time to, to do it. But anyway, create the novelty phase. During the novelty phase, I think what you do is you kind of, you just sort of try stuff and try to figure out what like, you're looking for the cue and the response and you're trying to create that in a way that's stable and it feels good and everything just kind of clicks. And like you were saying, you had thought, well, I'll just do pull-ups before breakfast. And then you try it and you realize, you know what, this isn't working. And the problem there is that the cue is backwards, like I said. Or maybe you just don't feel like doing pull-ups in the morning. What I eventually found that worked for me for pull-ups was I do pull-ups after I've taken the dog for a walk, when I'm walking through the back door and I hang his leash up inside because the stairs kind of go up back into the house and then they they go down into the basement where the pull-up bar is. And so that's the moment of when I'm at that threshold, I go down instead of up to do my set of pull-ups because it's a very specific cue and it happens every day and it's at the same time. And it's like this, it, it kind of solves the procrastination problem where there, there's always a future moment to do it. You know, if you think, well, I got to right. do pull-ups before, you know, before I go to bed, well, it can be 7 p.m. And you're like, well, there's still four hours before I go to bed. And then it can be 8.30. And you think, well, there's still this much time before I go to bed. And there's never a moment. You need a moment. And that I moment if, needs to create the trigger. Like you going for a walk sort of because it's a physical activity and it kind of wakes you up, you're outside. Yeah. If that sort of primes you to do another physical activity like pull-ups. My problem was that I'd spend the first two hours of the morning, you know, in art mode and I'm all, you know, mm -hmm. in thinking mode. And then I go into the kitchen with my, my pull-up bars in the kitchen. And I, I just, I don't want to switch to that mm -hmm. other brain state. I want to just keep thinking about art stuff. I don't want to 
do physical. I don't want to, I don't want to have to do the pull-ups. I don't want to change into that other mindset. Um, so that is actually another, I think, really important piece of it too, is that your, your mind exists in these very different states. I mean, you can be dead asleep, right? And you can't do pull-ups then, uh, or you can be very relaxed and focused on something, or you could be doing creative work, or, you know, there's just, there's this whole spectrum of different ways your mind can be functioning. And trying to force your, your mind and body to do something that's totally opposite to the, its current state is, I think, not a good formula either. Same, actually, same problem. At first, I had thought, well, I'll do this, I'll do pull-ups right when I wake up. But I don't want to do pull-ups right when I wake up. I'm half asleep. I don't. I don't have energy or adrenaline or anything. It's the total opposite. So I, it feels bad. I could force myself to do it, but it's not pleasant at all, and that's not sustainable. Like I'm gonna have to grind that out every time. But after the dog walk, when I've had some time to wake up, but I'm not doing anything else yet, that's like the perfect time. It felt natural to me. So I, I totally agree. I think trying to match the thing you're going to try to do with your, your mental state is really important. Okay, well then how do you feel about, okay, let's say when we started doing our little quest thing where I, I'm trying to get up at the same time every, every day. Yeah. At the beginning, for the first week and a half, maybe a week or so, it was hard to get up at the same time. It really was. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really had to force myself and I wasn't really enjoying it. But after a little while, it became sort of natural. And even though I was fighting against my natural uh, feelings at first, they became natural after a while. So how do That's you feel true. about that? Do you think it would be possible to, you know, change the pull-ups at that same time into a more natural well, way of okay. working? Or, or what do you think? So very good question. I, I think... In the case of the sleep thing, I mean, it, it's it's pretty well known that your body has a circadian clock, you know, that's dictated by the suprachiasmatic nucleus and everything. And that, like, there's a, a, a process there that will adjust. It's, it's soup. It's soup chiasmatic nucleus. That's what I said. I think you said super. I didn't because I am snobby about that, too. Okay, because well, I just want on record that we both know it. <laughs> Good, yes. I don't want yeah. you to always get to say it. Well, okay, continue. Sorry. Probably mispronouncing it in some other part of the word anyway. Probably. I hope no smart people listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not. Banking on it. Um, okay. By it, okay, let me ask you this. If you decided, okay, I want to get up at 5.30 every morning and you started doing that and it was just as hard now as it was when you started, you think you'd still be doing it? No. God right. No. So like the only thing that makes that work is the fact that your body adapts to it to where you get, you know, your circadian clock adjusts, you get a little injection of adrenaline and cortisol and your melatonin drops at that time. Like your, your body adjusts to where it becomes awake at that time. And then it becomes easy. In fact, it can become to the point where you can't sleep past that time. Yeah. You know, 
people will say that all the time if they're on like a really rigid schedule you know they're up late and, and they'll say oh i'm gonna sleep in tomorrow and they can't and they say oh, i got up at 7 30 i just couldn't sleep past that like, you'll adjust so far that you can't even voluntarily override that that your body doing that so anyway in that case your body adapts and so you know that after a period of time it will be easy it will become natural so in the case of like the pull-ups things first thing in the morning maybe my body would adapt to that i'm not sure though because you know i the the, the pull-up thing was do a set of pull-ups a single set that's pretty hard not necessarily right to failure but pretty close so that's a hard that's a hard set of pull-ups and i you know I, I think you need a little bit of adrenaline to feel good about that so i'm not sure if you just did that first thing out of bed that that would ever feel amazing but i i, I right. don't know but regardless that's kind of okay going back to the, the formula thing that's part of the novelty phase is where you do stuff and you try it and you it's a little tricky, right? Because if you only do something for a day or two, it's hard to tell if it's going to feel good in two weeks. But that's right. what you're evaluating. You're trying to think, what is my cue? Is it, is it going to work long term? Is it, you know, ordered correctly along the timeline of like the cue comes before the action? Obviously, again, you can't cue things off of you just being excited about something. So when does it happen? Uh, does it feel good? Does it? all of that stuff right so that's your that's your objective there in the novelty phase yeah and i've started to to pay attention to that feeling of is this going to work or is this yeah. not going to work and with with pull-ups we, we did this pull-up challenge i think in our discord it was for a month or two months or something mm -hmm. and i remember like it went far past the novelty phase. It, yeah, it went far past that. Um, but I had these little internal goals I wanted to hit. You know, I wanted to hit ten, and then I wanted to hit twenty or whatever, and I wanted to keep going up, and that was really exciting. I mean, it continued to be exciting, even though it wasn't you know necessarily novel or, or new to me. Yeah, and that felt like it was working. I was doing it every day. I was excited to do it most days, but it felt good overall. And then, I don't know, something happened and we kind of dropped off and it was just sort of me doing it by myself. And I could tell the feeling, the motivation was just different. And there was no clear thing that I wanted to achieve. There was no end date. Yeah. There was just, there was no accountability. Just, it was gone. The, the feeling of it being right was gone. And I kind of kept doing it anyway, but it just felt like a, a losing right. game. Like there, there was no happy happy end in sight so i've started paying attention to that feeling in in a lot of the different habits that i've been trying to do and if it's not working i try to find ways to make it work what are some ways that that you do to make it right if if you want yeah. to keep it around but it doesn't feel right what do you do well okay slight slight question dodge but i'll Circle back. Okay. So you're allowed I, to pass. Right. No, no, no. I, I, I want to answer that, but, um, I think that the, the difficulty of the habit, once it's solidified, you know, I'm not talking about novelty phase, but once you're there where you've established it, it's in the right spot and the queue and everything, the difficulty of the habit, um, has to kind of match how much you care about it. 
for example, it's sort of a weird thing, but I have very flexible hips. <laughs> okay. That's just, I'm not, I was not expecting you to say I, that, but okay. I know. Um, I'm not very flexible anywhere else. You know that uh, that stretch, I think you call it like the butterfly stretch or something, but like you sit on the floor and take your feet and kind of pull them in to your crotch and your knees are out in the sides like that? Sure. You can visualize what I'm explaining? Yes, I can. Right. I'm not going to ask you to demonstrate, but... I can't... The angles are wrong. I can't <laughs> get myself up high enough to show you. But yes, I know what I think. All right, you know. you're on the floor, you pull your feet, and your knees are out, you know, your knees are bent tightly, and they're sticking out to your sides, right? And so, uh, if you aren't very flexible, your knees are maybe like 45 degree angles relative to the floor. And if you're more flexible, your knees kind of can can get lower to the floor. Okay, yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. I'm very flexible in that way. I, my, I can drop my knees to the floor. I very open hips. Um, if, you, if you put me in a room with 100 people, I don't know for sure, but I think I would be like top two or three in terms of hip openness, at least if they were dudes. Women tend to be more flexible. And the reason for that so some people are, I mean, I, I've, I've witnessed this. Some people will make a goal of, oh, I really want to be more flexible. And so they'll you know, start trying to stretch every day or something. But that takes time and you got to do it, at, you know, and nobody ever gets anywhere. But man, I got these super open hips. The reason is that ever since I can remember, when I sit down, pretty much all, in fact, right now is what I'm doing. Um, I will have one leg on the floor just like normal you know i'm sitting in a chair so my knee is bent at like a you know 90 degree angle uh and then the other leg will be up to where my ankle is sitting on my knee can you follow that so yeah, you know, yeah. my left leg is sort of twisted open on its side and i just ever since a kid that if i sat down in a chair that's just how i would sit and that that left hip would just be kind of there'd be pressure and it would be held very open like that and i noticed when i was probably 15 or 16 i'd lay down on the floor just totally flat with my my leg sticking straight out that way and my left leg would be flopped over on the ground and my right leg is like at a 45 degree angle and i looked at that like what the hell why is one leg just way way more flexible than the other like, this is weird. Is there something, you know, what's wrong? Do I have some kind of strange thing going on? And after a while, I figured it out. Like, oh, I, I always sit with my left leg, you know, my left ankle on my right knee. And so I thought, well, that's, I don't want that. And who knows what problems that's going to cause. So I just thought, okay, well, I'm going to sit with my right leg on my left knee sometimes. And at first it was super stiff. Like my knee would be way up there. I'm like, oh, this is so weird. But after a little while, I would just kind of settle in. And then I just without ever thinking about it again, would just sit with one leg on the other. Okay, this is a dumb story. But <laughs> the point is, is that I don't give a crap about having flexible hips. I mean, like, it's it's good. It's probably good for me, but just that's not on my list of things that I care about or ever think about. But also, I the habit of just sitting that way is utterly unconscious. Don't care about it. It's just the way I sit. Haven't other than that one moment of, oh man, I should try to do this sometimes with my right leg instead of my left. That was the only thought that ever went into it. It's just a thing that I do. So 
I believe that I will have very flexible open hips for the rest of my life. And I don't care, but it doesn't matter because the habit is completely unconscious. It's just a thing that just happens. So <laughs> that's one end of the spectrum, which is if you don't care about something, but also you're able to create a habit that is zero thought and zero effort, then cool, like you're done. That habit is completely sustainable and it has been for me. If you're, if you have something that requires a habit that's much more difficult, again, like every morning you want to go for a 30 minute run. Well, there is no eventual point where that's completely unconscious. I mean, it takes effort. It takes time, no matter what, to go for a 30-minute jog every day. So you're going to have to care about the results of doing a jog for that to ever be sustainable. And if you get to the point where the amount you care about the, the results of the habit you know, drops too low and the effort of the habit is too high and you can't, you can't improve it because of the nature of the thing, well, then that might just not be the thing to do anymore. That was sort of a, a very long, weird answer to your question, but does that make I sense? I liked it. Okay. Yes. Um, okay. I think this is related. I'm not going to talk about my hips, but, but I've been trying to, to develop like a, to couple all the, the focused work in the morning that I've been doing from the, the, the quest art stuff. I'm trying to just even it out with some fitness in the afternoons. Yeah. And it's been difficult because in the past I would do the workouts in the morning, but I've shifted them to the evening. And so I'm in a different headspace. Things are a little, it's just a, been a little bit harder to get into it. But I, I wrote down like what to do on, on each day. Um, so, so I have this list of each day and I just kind of, I took a guess at what would work and, and so I wrote that down for each day. And then every day for the past few weeks, I've been checking off um, days that I've done it. And um, for two weeks in a row, Saturdays, I've missed. Which, you know, I miss it once. Maybe it's just an anomaly. Sure. I miss it twice. And it's, okay, well, what's going on? So, and it was one of my more intense workouts because I figured, oh, Saturday, I have all, all day. I can spend some more time on it. So... Right. On the third week, I decided, okay, well, I'm not going to get rid of it completely, but doing that much is definitely not going to work. So I'll just simplify it. Like I'm going to move the time of it a little bit to, to make it easier. And I'm going to, you know, cut it way down. So instead of doing a big workout, I'm doing this tiny little workout um, to make it more manageable. So, and I think that way of thinking has been really helpful. I guess on Saturday, I'm so consumed by by finally having some time to work on, on my art stuff and yeah. and house house things that are going on that I just don't want to drop everything and, and go do the workout. So I don't care about it much at all. So I'm trying to match the goal with the amount that I care, which is very little. Yeah, well... Um, yeah, no, that's that's perfectly related. I think that's what I was struggling to say there with that weird story about my hips. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I was kind of talking on like a long term scale, but even inside of a single week, you know, your the value of that thing changes for on a weekday versus a weekend where, OK, Saturday, Sunday, 
you have this thing that you're very excited about, the main quest thing, and that's, you know, what your mind wants to do. That's what you care about in that case. So, you know, doing a bunch of bench pressing and whatever, that's just not very valuable to you. And so I think shrinking that habit down is exactly what you should do. Because again, there's that balance of, you know, the, the result of this habit, how much do I care about it versus the difficulty of it? If you're having to carve out an hour, hour and 20 out of this extremely valuable time that you care so much about to do a habit that at least in that moment, you aren't right. really that into, then yeah, that's not sustainable. That's like a, a net negative if you're just doing the math. Right. And I think in the past, if I missed a workout, right? I would be, oh man, I got to make up for that. I got to right. double down and, and do, you know, a workout that's twice as long next time. And so you try to do that and you just multiply yeah, the yeah. amount of work and then it completely falls apart. So, yeah. Okay. So real quick, similar thing that I had happen. So we, we did kind of a meditation challenge a little while ago and we're all hyped up on meditation and how great it was. And I, I, I stand by all of that, but at the same time, I stopped because, you know, the novelty phase ended and I think it's valuable, but at the same time, you know, it's 20 minutes every day or something and I, you know, I only have so much time and, you know, the results of that, I just kind of started caring about less. So that just fell away. And instead of me doing what I should have done, which is to th just think about it and say, you know what? I don't care about this that much right now. So that's fine. I'll just set it aside. Instead, I just have this, oh, I failed at another thing. I suck, whatever. So I go through that cycle. But I, okay, so I'd stopped doing it for a, a long time. But the past couple months, uh, my life has been a little different because of you know, the main quest where I'm starting work an hour and a half to two hours earlier and I'm doing some very focused, exciting and rewarding and all that, but nonetheless, challenging focused work on my project before I start my job. And that's just demanding. That's like a good chunk of time that happens every single day. And I have noticed that around one or 2 p.m., my heart rate is elevated. I start to feel kind of anxious and just I don't I don't feel that good and I feel like my um sympathetic nervous system is too active like I'm just too revved up and this has been happening for a while and it just it doesn't feel great um and I, I wasn't totally sure why you know I've tried different things like oh maybe diet isn't right or maybe I'm not sleeping that well or whatever but no those things are pretty much in place and so that actually eventually brought me back to meditation and that I my mind has been active for so long that it's starting to become really fatigued and overstressed and like I just getting overwrought and so at that point I'm thinking let's try meditating and so I would do it at that time like around 12 30 or so I can eat lunch and then go meditate so cue response but then it's it's there for a very specific reason which is I this keeps happening to me and it made a huge difference. I just would be so much calmer and feel much more recovered. And I, you know, wouldn't get into that, that arc of feeling anxious and, you know, the, the heart beating and everything. I'm like, wow, okay. So now at this moment, my value of 
doing 20 minutes of meditation is way, way higher than it was a couple months ago when it's like, oh, yeah, it's good. But, you know, what what problem is it really solving? And so it just completely shifted that for me. And like it makes so much more sense to do that now. And that's what I've been doing. And it's super rewarding. See, I think that's a perfect example of you working on a habit for a specific purpose. Right. Whereas it's much harder to just, you know, read some stuff about, oh, meditation is good. Oh, I'm going to try to do it every day, whatever. Like that, that's going to go away. But now you have a specific reason for it and it, it fits right in. Right. Um, and, and that's how it should work. And actually, it means that it probably will work. I think the the overall point with habits that I think we're both trying to get at here is that the way we think about them by default is completely wrong. And we think about them in this weirdly personal, you know, am I a good or bad person? Do I suck at life kind of way? You know, almost every time when you're engaging with a habit, you by default, tend to just evaluate yourself as a person and consider yourself a failure. And <laughs> it's just funny how I think that the recipe for habits is relatively simple. And if you sit down and think about it, it's pretty logical. You know, again, like the cue needs to follow the arrow of time where it comes before the thing you do. Right? That seems very mm -hmm. obvious. You can't uh, try to establish a habit around you being excited about something if you know that you aren't going to be excited about it in a few weeks. That also seems very obvious. Um, you need to value the habit enough to where it balances out the effort that you put into it. That also is extremely simple and obvious. But again, we tend to not think that way. But if you if you think about habits objectively they seem much simpler and easier to reason about. And oftentimes, like the reason you drop a habit is much more straightforward. And the way you should create a new habit, I think, is much more straightforward and less around, oh, I suck, I'm bad, my willpower, whatever. And it's more like, oh, no, this was dumb. This didn't really work. It, when we think about habits, we typically view them in these little, like the habit itself is this isolated thing, right? Yeah. So you're going to meditate every day now at, at one o'clock or whatever or i'm gonna do pull-ups every morning at whatever time uh and we just view it as this little thing this little chunk that gets put into our day but that depends so much on everything else in the day say you mm -hmm. you wake up at the same time for five days in a row and you're able to get all of your habits in and whatever Monday through Friday. And then Saturday, you sleep way in. <laughs> and you screw everything up. Every single habit gets lost. Because everything hinges yeah. on that, that like daily, I don't know, consistency, that, that predictive schedule. So I've lost tons of habits just by a bad sleeping schedule. Um, that's why I think the, the sleeping one is so important. But... It's it's like if you're in a little boat on the the sea of life, <laughs> and uh, when it 
you know, if it's calm, you're able to keep going. And if it gets a little choppy, you're fine. You keep going. But if there's like a major storm, you're going to get blown off into some random deserted island and not know where you are. You're going to have to reconsider everything, replot out your your map and where you're headed. Recalibrate your entire yeah, your entire voyage. So these little little habits, I, I think they should be considered with everything, um, not just them by themselves. Well, and okay, so I. I think getting up at the same time every day is the most important habit that I have for that reason is that it it's it's almost like the like a, a branching tree or something like every day you know you you make the deviation at the start of the day and you're still roughly on course but pretty soon it just becomes absolute chaos if you're you're getting up late you missed a bunch of things you normally do in the morning. Maybe you usually eat breakfast, but then you didn't. So now lunch is different. So now you feel different. Right. So now work, you work later. And like it just, you, by the end of the day, it's absolute chaos. Uh, yeah. So I, I 100% agree that like there's this whole chain of, of things that happens. Um, I What we talked about, I think it was last week. Uh, yeah, it was last week. Like the, the main quest thing, right? where we're both feeling really good about what we're doing every morning and it feels easy and effortless and it's it, it's you know it's frustrating that you can't do it for longer you know it's it's really a wonderful feeling for something that in the past has felt extremely difficult to do and at at now you're kind of like it it feels weird almost but you're not using willpower to do this this thing you know to work on your mm -hmm. project it's it feels great, but but think about all the effort and willpower that went into all the things around that that created this thing. You know, the the right. regular routine, the knowing how to approach it, the knowing when to stop, and keeping things somewhat contained so that it doesn't you know blow up and disrupt your whole day. And we've talked a lot about how to keep yourself out of those you know dumpster fire episodes where things get totally out of control and you get super fatigued and burnt out and depressed and all that like there's all this stuff around it that has gone in to create this habit that feels effortless and i think that that's that's true of all kinds of things all all different habits throughout your life where hopefully it will feel effortless but it can take a lot of effort to get it there or to keep it in place or again you have a simple goal of I want to drink a glass of water when I wake up, right? And that can even something as simple as that can be really difficult, uh, at least at the start. But it it can feel easy eventually, but only if your your morning routine is somewhat in place, where you're waking up at the same time and you're not in a desperate scramble to get to work, or you forgot something and you know you're you're waking up in a panic because you didn't work yesterday, even though you're supposed to. Like there's there's just all this stuff around it that needs to be there to allow this very simple habit to exist in this very simple effortless kind of way it feels like we we get fixated on a single thing too much without seeing the big picture i think like you're saying where right. there's all kinds of other almost things that feel completely unrelated you know me getting off the computer and picking up a book at 10 p.m you know that affects my ability to continue to do uh, you know, some simple habit days later because yeah, 
that gets me to bed at the right time. It gets me up at the right time. It gets me feeling in the right mindset at the right time. Like there's this whole spectrum of things that happen based on that very simple thing that you wouldn't naturally relate to. Oh, my performance at work on Thursday and what I did Sunday night, you know? Exactly that. Yes. All right. We, we can end with that. I think that. Yeah, was we've good. been. I don't know how long we've been talking, but it feels like a really <laughs> long time. All right. So, uh, just to just to close, um, for anybody who did do the habit challenge, it was a bit of a crappy challenge, for the reasons we laid out, and that's on us, and we're sorry. Um, it was ill-defined. The time window was too long. There was no specific cue for when you would do it. There was just all kinds of things that were not great about it. But it's a good learning opportunity, a good way to reflect on habits. And I, the the main takeaway, I think, is uh, when it comes to habits and challenges and things like that, maybe like blame the the plan, the formula, blame us before you blame yourself because i think more often than not like it just the the plan is bad to start with yes and fight against the the tendency in popular culture is if you mess up you buckle down and work harder and harder but for habits if you mess up make it easier yeah and if you're don't be hard on yourself be easier on yourself make it so like we did the two minute challenge and that was an exercise in making it the easiest it could possibly be. So we did something for two minutes every day and it worked spectacularly. Um, and it, it has to, right? Like if you just think about it, it has to. What we were saying, how if the habit is harder than the amount you care, that's not sustainable. Like the, yeah. it, it has to be easy because if it's hard, you can't do that forever just it's that simple so but you can do easy stuff forever right and then right as you keep doing it because it's easy you want to do, you want to make it a little harder then you make it harder but right yeah right. all right so that's us on habits um so thanks again again sorry for that um and we also we kind of because of stuff and things in life and reasons we didn't have a challenge for july this month but we'll figure out something better for next month uh, and we'll let you know next week or the week after however the calendar stuff works out all right so thanks again for hanging with us uh remember you can leave us comments here on uh on youtube or on pod well you can't usually leave comments on podcast platforms you can leave a review which we super appreciate um even if it's bad you can tell us why we suck that's okay we, we need reviews please give us reviews yeah yeah <laughs> Right, not to beg. Um, so there's that. And then uh, you can support the channel on uh, via podcast platforms. There should be a link in the show notes um, or through YouTube. And again, thank you so much to everybody who does that. Uh, and uh, we have merch if you want to check that out. Otherwise, thanks for listening. See you next week. <laughs>